0: that is launched out to deep left field. Big fly for Mike Truck. This is ground ball to second base. Red Heathel. Balls down. Picks it up. Fires the first. The Angels have no hit. The Seattle Mariners. Let's go on. Big fly for Anthony Rendon. Hey guys, I'm Alex Curry. This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. Red and Marsh. This is Chris R. You're listening to the All Angels Podcast. Welcome, Angel fans, and this is another edition of the All Angels Podcast. I am Down Garcia, and in this episode, we're going to talk about, obviously, the three-game series against the Dodgers at Chavez Ravine. Also talk about, uh, we have a minor league debut today. We also have uh, some Instagram questions we're going to get to towards the end of the podcast. But obviously, before we get to that, like I mentioned, we're going to talk about the three-game series against the Dodgers. Um, Coming into this series, missing a lot of key players offensively. And with it being in an NL park, obviously that means you're going to miss Shohei Ohtani as well. So coming into these games, you didn't have Trout. You didn't have Rendon. You didn't have Walsh. And now you don't have Ohtani, who has been, um, I don't even think you can say arguably. I think he has been carrying this team offensively this whole year. So going into L.A. against a really good baseball team without any of your big guns. You knew offense was going to be kind of um, sparing. Like, it's, it's not going to come as often as you would want. So, uh, on Friday, we had the battle of the lefties. We had David Price and Patrick Sandoval on the mound. And in the first inning, Patrick Sandoval would give up a fielder's choice um, to Albert holes to make the score 1-0. Um, but after that, he kind of settled down. He got his he got his pitch count up very quickly, you know. Dodgers were fouling off balls, not chasing nearly as much as maybe we've seen other teams do with Patrick's uh, changeup and breaking balls. But um, he was kind of able to hold it together even when he did get into tough situations. Um, but like I mentioned, uh, pitch count was was an issue early. He ended up giving up another run in the fourth inning when Mookie Betts hits a ground ball to the left field, and then A.J. Pollock scores. Uh, That was it in the fourth inning. So, um, again, not terrible. A good outing, a tough outing. I would say a tough grinding outing by Patrick Sandoval. But in the top of the fifth, Jose Iglesias comes up to bat and does this. Jose Iglesias lifts off. That one's hit well out to left. And that one's gone. And it's a Dodger lead. So Patrick Sandoval would come out for the top of the fifth, give up a leadoff double to Mac Muncy, but gets two ground outs and a strikeout and leaves the man on base. So uh, that would be it for him going five innings in this outing. Like I mentioned, a lot of it had to do with his pitch count going five innings, pitch counts at 96, but giving up seven hits, two runs, two walks, and four strikeouts. Again, a a really good outing by Patrick as far as working through, working past some from some struggles. Definitely didn't seem like he had his his A stuff, but getting five innings and only giving up two runs against a really good offensive team like that um, was a really good start. But now you had to really hope that um, in the bottom of the six, the bullpen can at least start the process of keeping the game tight, keeping the game close just so the Angels can kind of work its way back. But before that, before you know, we can make that pitching change, Jack Mayfield comes to the plate in the top of the six. In his last 16 games, there's a drive out to center field and well hit. On cue, Jack Mayfield has tied it. So now we're tied 2-2 at the top of the six. And like I mentioned, the bullpen started the game in the bottom of the six and actually did a really, really good job. Kohara comes in the first. Selman comes in. And then Austin Warren comes in after those two guys um, to get the last out of the seventh inning. Goes two more innings. So Austin Warren pitches two and a third innings, um, giving up one hit. Doesn't strike out anybody. Doesn't walk anybody. But some very good hitters that he had to face in that outing. And for a, a, a kid that just got recently got brought up like a week, um he has shown that he's, that he belongs. He shows that he, you know, is here to stay. He's been one of the better pitchers out of the bullpen since he's been up. And you look at some of his stats from just this year. And obviously it's only six innings, but you, you you look at some of the, like the game logs, you see what he's done. And he's been out there multiple times against good teams too. Obviously he made his debut with Oakland bases loaded, two outs, games like a one-run game, gets out of that, then comes out again and, and shuts it down. And then now you look at this Dodger game where he goes two innings, two-plus innings, and is able to get this team into the 10th inning. And that's exactly where this game would go, all the way to extra innings. And now with the extra innings rule, if you're not familiar with it by now, um, Last out of the previous inning is now the runner at second base. So going into the top of the 10th, you had Joe Adele start on second base. And that's a really good thing for the Angels because he has speed. And Jose Iglesias came up to lead off the 10th. And this is what happened. table has never been more important. That's into right field. Adele will score. The Angels have taken their first lead of the game. So the Angels up 3-2 in the 10th inning. And with that meant, um, the pitcher spot came up right after Jose Iglesias. And uh, something that everyone had been waiting for the whole night is when Shohei Otani would come up to play. That's always kind of been the the question when playing in an NL uh, stadium. Well, he comes up, hits for the pitcher, but gets intentionally walked since Iglesias hit that double. Base open at first base. So uh nothing there for Shohei. Marsh comes up, grounds out. Jack Mayfield will come in right after that. And with two on and one out, he delivers. And the first pitch to Mayfield is hit in, in the air out to shallow right field. Muncy can't find the handle on it. Iglesias scores. So Iglesias scores up to O. You're feeling comfortable now. Uh, it's a 4-2 to game going into the bottom of the 10th, and now you have Rossell Iglesias coming up for his save. And, and if you remember the last podcast I talked about, I wasn't necessarily comfortable, not necessarily comfortable, but didn't understand the logic of having him come in in the ninth, two outs, up by five, just because you had two runners on. I still think you could have went with a number of different guys in that situation, and um Gave him a chance to get out. Iglesias is good enough to where if you bring someone in, in that situation, they give a home run. Now you're up by two. Then you can bring in Iglesias. It's a two-run game. He only needs one out. I, I, I see it there. So with that being said, he comes into this outing the next day against the Dodgers, a, two, uh, a, a two-run game. Uh, and to start off, the... Again, the, the, the runner at second base is a big, big thing you got to remember. So they had Justin Turner start at second. Mac Muncy's, uh hits a line drive. Turner holds at third. So now you're looking at the corners, no outs. Uh, Pujol strikes out. You get a sack fly by Corey Seager. So now the game's a little bit closer. Now the game is 4-3, to three and that extra run by uh, Mayfield that he hit in is huge. Um, but luckily, um, even after a single by Chris Taylor, uh, the angels were able to get out of it. The angels were able to hold on to win this game four to three against the LA Dodgers. Now guaranteeing a series split, a season split with the Dodgers um, and with the depleted roster they have right now. Uh, I definitely think you would take that in a heartbeat, but again, you get, you get offensive production from two guys that are, you know, coming into the season one wasn't even going to be a thought about, you know, he's going to be a contributor and that's Mayfield. And then you have a guy in Iglesias where you just figured any kind of production from him is going to be a good thing. But those two guys stepped up. Those two guys really put the game on their shoulders just because they are responsible for the four runs. But you also had a really good outing by the bullpen. Once again, you had, um, what ended up being like five innings of no run baseball, only giving up three hits, striking out three, no walks. I mean, for as well as the bullpen, for as bad as the bullpen played earlier this year, it seems like they really seem to kind of maybe turn a corner, uh, at least for this short term. You know, Warren has been a, a really good spark. Glacius has been absolutely dominant as of late. So, uh, and if they extend Glacius like we kind of talked about last time, Russell, um that can be a really good bullpen next year if you hold on to some of these key guys and hopefully they continue to develop. Warren's young. Uh, Selman, the, the one they got for Watson, he's a little he has a little more control, so at least he's cheaper. Not necessarily sold if he's going to be like a high leverage type of guy, but uh, he's going to be cheaper. He's going to have more control contract-wise, so we'll see how that happens. But taking the first game of the series is always a good thing. Like I mentioned before, that guaranteed a season split between uh, the Angels and the Dodgers. So now we go into Saturday night game where you had um, uh, Urias versus Barea, um you know, coming into the game. We'll find out later, but you kind of already knew um, Austin Warren wouldn't be available. Neither would Rossell Iglesias Warren because he went two plus innings the night before Iglesias because I think this would have been like his fourth night in a row. So, Bullpen's already kind of at a disadvantage going into this game. You're hoping for something, um, anything deep by the starting pitcher, Jaime Berea, And so that's exactly what Jaime did. He went six innings but given up three runs off of six hits. You know, obviously, it just seems like that first inning for him has been a little bit of a struggle. He gave up two runs in the first inning. But after that, the Angels start creeping back with a double, uh, RBI double by Jose Iglesias again in the third, um, and then Phil Gosselin uh, singles and scores, uh, Jose Iglesias to make this, the the score two to two, and this a weird fielding error happened um, in that same inning in the top of the third to make the score three to two, um, when Adele reaches on a fielding error by Max Muncie and. And Phil Gosselin scores. So um, Angels are taking advantage of some errors, some stuff that you need to do when the team that you're playing is better. And, um, you know, little stuff like that really comes into play. Uh, but later on in the game, in the bottom of the seventh, you had Hamid Berea versus Cody Bellinger. And it, and they talked about this a little bit after the game. And kind of like I mentioned before, because of the bullpen being so um, shorthanded with your top guys, um, you know, this might have been a, a, a spot where you put Austin Warren in because he's shown that he's he's able to get guys out or Iglesias or, or anything like that. But you kept Brea and you're going to have to use some now, your high-leverage guys toward the back end of the game, so you're not going to use them in the seventh inning, which I think was a bigger thing. Um, he gives up a home run to Cody Bellinger to make it 3-3. Three to three. And then the bottom of the eighth, um, well, that was it for Jaime Berea. Again, six innings, six hits, three earned runs, Five strikeouts, two walks, that one home run we talked about. Uh Quinhara comes in again for the seventh, gives uh, uh has another really good inning, zeros across the board with one strikeout, but then we go into the eighth inning, and uh this is kind of where this is kind of where I guess the, the wheels might have fell off a little bit. You got Junior Gara coming in, who to his credit has been fairly uh, pitching fairly well as of late. I know there's been times where he's struggling and and it just coincided and coincidentally happened with um, the sticky stuff and the cutback on that. But as of late, he seemed to kind of maybe figure it out, has done fairly well. And Madden's even said that um, he's looking to put him in more high leverage situations. And that's exactly what happened here in the bottom of the eighth. Starts out with a fresh inning, gives a single up to Corey Seager. Then two batters later, gives up a single to Will Smith. And then with two on and one out, he ends up giving up a two-run double to Chris Taylor to make the score five to three. Um, That was it for him. Um, Jose uh, Quintana comes in, gets a ground out, gets a line out, end of the inning. But unfortunately, that was it. When the top of the ninth happened, you had Kenley Jensen coming for the Dodgers, who struggled that time. You know, obviously, if you know any Dodger fans, you can talk to them about his. Um, up and down uh, appearances, but on this time he gets Mayfield swinging, he gets Upton to fly out, and he gets Fletcher to ground out to Trey Turner. One, two, three, ninth inning. That's it. So the Angels went from winning this game or haven't been able to win this game three to two to now losing it five to three. Part of it is because I don't think they would have had, you know, maybe you know, like I mentioned before, you don't have your big guys r- available. So. Kunharad shuts down the seventh, now in the eighth inning, now maybe you look at, like I mentioned before, maybe you look at a Austin Warren, maybe you do look at a two-inning save by uh, Rossell Iglesias in this situation, but didn't happen, um, Junior Gara gets gets uh, hit around a little bit, you know, three hits, two earned runs, and only one strikeout. So the series is split, going into Sunday, today is Sunday, and obviously some of the One of the big storylines coming into this Sunday was Reed Detmers, his second career start with the Angels. Again, a guy that a lot of people wanted to see in the majors. A lot of fans wanted to see him up here and see what he can do because of what he's done in the minors, what he's done in college. And I don't blame him. I don't blame him at all. But I do think there is a little, still needs to be a little tweak to his game. He's shown some very good um pitches he has a very good curve very good curveball, very good slider a good fastball um but it still kind of seems like he is in that process of finding and and figuring everything out as a young pitcher and honestly let's be honest the last two times he's been on the on the the mound it's been um oakland and it's been la so two very good teams and yeah it's easy not say it's easy but yeah it's 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 easier to get guys out when they only see you once, like in a relief relief pitcher. But when you're a starting pitcher and these guys are ending up seeing you two or three times through the lineup, that's when it gets a little bit tricky. So you had Reed Detmers come up uh, or come in this, for this start. You had a Walker Buehler start for the Dodgers who his ERA coming into this game, I believe was like at 2.1 or 2.0 something. So he's having an unbelievable game as well. So you knew, again, lack of start a lack of starters due to injury or just due because of no DH it was gonna be a a, a real big um, a real big struggle to get some runs and that's kind of what happened in this game so in the first inning uh, Walker Buehler goes one two three Reed Detmers gets into um, a little bit of trouble but he's able to limit the scoring to only two runs in that first inning Um, but his pitch count again was up quickly, uh, not able to get a lot of quick outs. And I think that's the biggest thing between his time in the minors and this time in Major League Baseball is that he seems like he has guys, you know, down 0-2, but he just, you know, for whatever reason, has troubles finishing them. Like, he has quite a bit of strikeouts. He finished today with uh, five strikeouts, but I feel like there could have been, you know, at least four more but he just wasn't able to finish these guys off o2 so again i think that's part of the maturity level that's part of the just developing in the majors but like i mentioned um, the dodgers would get up early would get up two runs in the sec and the first and again to another thing he has not been helped by this defense at all he has not been helped um you know there's been some Bad defense played behind him that could get him out of innings. There's been some, you know, unfortunate. And I know a lot of people hate the shift. I know a lot of people don't like it, want to see it gone. But there's been times where it's helped players. But it just seems like the the few times where it doesn't help the player where the guy goes opposite of the shift has been against Reed Detmers. And that's kind of what happened here. Um, in the first inning, like I mentioned, you give up two runs. And one of them was just real, off of a, a real weird play where um, where, uh, where, Trey Turner scores. The ball gets through Fletcher and Iglesias' glove for whatever. I don't know how, but um, with Trey Turner running and as fast as he is, he's able to score from first base. I think that's just more bad luck for Detmers. But, you know, the defense has not played well behind him, that's for sure. So obviously, too, in the third inning, um, or sorry, the second inning, he ended up giving up three runs off a Albert Pujols three-run home run. Um, again, you had a feeling that was going to, uh, or two-run home run, sorry, it's a two-run home run from Albert Pujols. You had a feeling that was going to be a, he was going to pop his head up somewhere in this series. You just, you had a feeling that that was going to happen. But again, that play kind of happened at the same time when there was a, um, a ground ball to, uh, Iglesias, he went home, bad throw, scores. You know, it just feels like the defense did not help this kid out at all. But so he ends up giving up five in the first two innings, but really does settle down after that. Uh, Detmers goes five innings, seven hits, five earned runs. Again, those five earned runs in the first and second inning three, four, and five, d- nothing. So again, defense helps him. Maybe he only gives up one or two runs. Um, But definitely not the full five. Um, He walks two, strikes out five, gives up that one home run to Albert. But again, I think it's just a a learning process with him. I think, obviously, the young pitchers that the Angels have right now, whether it's Berea, Sandoval, um, those kind of, Suarez, those guys have kind of went through the fire already. Those guys have already struggled. So um, to see Detmers do it, I think it's completely normal. and I would not, you know, um, freak out about it. But at the same time, Um, you know, when Cobb comes back and you're looking at guys in the rotation that need to, that might need to be sent down or put in the bullpen for that time being, you know, his name might be one of those up there just because like I mentioned, you have guys like Sandoval or Sandoval, you have guys like Bure, you guys have like Suarez who have done really well and, you know, deserve to be in that lineup. So we'll see what happens when the rotation comes back once more and see if, Uh, Detmers is there, but like I mentioned, you know, after the first two innings and those two innings could have been helped by some good defense. Um, he really seemed to settle down after that. Uh, the angels would get on the board though. Um, in the third inning when Phil Gosselin doubles on a sharp line drive to left field and David Fletcher would score. Um, but the Dodgers were just a little bit too much for the Angels. Ended up scoring eight runs in this game. Angels only able to score two. Dodgers win this series um, and this game. Uh, but tie, like I mentioned, tie the season series with the Do- with the Angels. So um, that's it. Dodgers are done. Don't have to see them. Um, Obviously, you see a bunch of videos of the fights in the stands. Obviously, you saw the video of people running on the field. We don't have to worry about that kind of mess anymore. Um, But it is kind of, I guess if you look at it, the totality of the series, the season series, you're able to get a split with the Dodgers. You'll take that, a really good team. Um, And especially this last part where you just did not have any of your top guys, any of your top offensive guys, at least. So um, you didn't even get to throw out your top pitcher. At least the Dodgers threw out their top pitcher. Uh, with Walker Buehler, Urias has been really what been really good for them too. So I feel like Angels prove that they can play with these guys. I think it definitely would have been a different story if, like I mentioned before, you had Trout, you had uh, Walsh, you had Rendon, or even two of those three guys. It could have made a big difference. So now, looking forward, looking forward a little bit. Monday the 9th, there's an off day. So, if you're listening to this on Monday, no game today. Uh, then they come back with two games on the 10th, a doubleheader against the Toronto Blue Jays, where one of them was rained out and earlier this year when they were playing in Florida against the Blue Jays. So, there's two games on Tuesday. That very first game of the doubleheader, the Angels, I believe, are going to be the away team. And if you remember the, the confusion that happened last year when this happened with the Angels and the Astros, where... Rendon hit a what would have been a walk-off home run, ended up only being a um, a home run to take the lead. Uh, There's a little bit of confusion, and that's what probably might happen on the first game on Tuesday. Second game back to normal, where the Angels are the home team. They finish out the series with the Blue Jays Wednesday and Thursday, and then they go right into a Houston series. Uh, again, at, at in Anaheim, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. The thing about the Toronto series is that both uh, Wednesday and Thursday are going to be um, uh, six thirty 630 games, six thirty eight games. So no get no early games this week until you get to Sunday against the Astros. So now, kind of looking ahead a little bit to the pitching matchup, you're going to have Chris Rodriguez in that first game of the doubleheader on. Uh, Tuesday game scheduled for first pitch at 3.05. He's going to go against Mats, who is having a a fairly good year. Um, Then you're going to have Suarez in that second half of the doubleheader. That's scheduled to start around 7.07, but I think it probably also depends on how long that first game goes. But uh, you have Suarez and Stripling in the afternoon game on Tuesday. And then when you go to Wednesday – Uh, You're going to have Bundy on the mound for the Angels, um, hoping to continue build his last couple starts where they've looked actually decent and I guess him trying to earn some of that money back. And then Thursday, we are going to have Otani Thursday on the mound against Jose Barrios, the recently acquired Jose Barrios from the Twins, so you know a lot of people are going to be talking about this guy should have been on the Angels or this guy should be on the Angels and why didn't the Angels trade from, well, we'll see him um, close up on the TV or in person, but a ho- but uh, Shohei Otani is planning to pitch that Thursday. So that should be a really good pitching matchup. Also, Jared Walsh is expected, and again, take that with a grain of salt, is expected to start. Uh, come back from the IL on Tuesday, according to Joe Madden today. So um, if that happens, obviously that gives a big shot in the arm to this offense. Um, Still no word on Trout. I don't know what's going on there. But hopefully that means Jared Walsh will be back on Tuesday and give this offense a a little boost. But that's going to be the series coming up against Toronto. And again, like I mentioned, next weekend, another tough team against the Houston Astros. We're going to learn what these teams are Uh, made up really quickly this team that the angels are are putting out there right now. So um, we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we will jump on Instagram live. So hang on for a second. I want to talk about Spotify green room. Spotify green room is a live audio only sports talk platform, which is free to download and free to use. You can talk to other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time perfect for watch parties debates post-game breakdowns and reacting to breaking news all you need to do is download the spotify green room app free in the ios or android app store create a profile link it to your twitter and join that's it it's that easy so go ahead and check out spotify green room And welcome back. So, like I mentioned earlier, we're going to jump on Instagram Live right now and take some questions. So, while um, the live is going and we're trying to get people in, I'm going to take some questions that were already uh, sent in. And so, the first one I want to talk about, we got in. I kind of talked about a little bit earlier, but um, this one says, I know a lot of people want to Detmer's up, but after two of these starts, uh, he needs more time. And kind of, kind of building on what I said last time is, you know, he's a young guy. You you know that he is going to go through struggles. When your first two starts are uh, against Oakland and L.A., those aren't teams that are easy for any pitcher to pitch against, regardless of, you know, if you're, if you're a rookie or a three-year vet, four-year vet or whatever. So I wouldn't necessarily worry about him right now, and especially for what this team is right now as far as getting to see what they have. And part of that is guys they have in the farm system. So, you know, has it been the cleanest two outings for Demers? No, but there has been glimpses of, of, of him being really good. And you see why he was drafted so high. You see why, um, there's so much hype behind him. Um, I, I understand the two outings aren't pretty, but I think it's still early. It's only two outings. We'll see what happens when the rotation comes back around who he's, who he's facing. But, um, you have the Blue Jays, you have the Astros, and then you have a, a one game against the Yankees. If he's in one of those uh, games, you know, it's going to be another struggle because these offenses are really good. He's facing, that's not his fault. Um, like I mentioned, um, getting your first start against Oakland, getting your second start against LA, you know, is, is hard. It's hard regardless of who you are, but there has been glimpses of his breaking stuff. There has been glimpses of his fastball. And I think, this is a process of him putting it all together and if that means you struggle a little bit now for him to have a better um for him to be a, have a better outcome next year i think the angels need to do that because where they're at this season you are definitely um, playing for the future you're not really worried about what's going to happen right now yes you're trying to win games quote unquote win games but you're also trying to see what you have and you're trying to build something and i think with the young guys they have brought up you look at the rotation it's like all the young guys we talked about at the beginning of the year uh, you know Detmers, Rodriguez, Sandoval, Suarez, Berea, these all young guys are in there to get experience and, and hopefully build for next year. And I think that's what's up with Detmers. I wouldn't take an outing, especially the one like today where the offense did not help him at all. Or defense didn't help him at all in those beginning of those um the beginning innings. So Detmers is fine. I I I I do want to see him in the rotation more I just don't know once Cobb comes back if he's going to be there or if he's going to go in the bullpen or they're going to move someone else around but him being here is definitely helping him develop and, and taking everything as a learning process for sure uh, next questions and I had this a couple times not only on here but on our on our DM and stuff like that um, do you think Otani was affected by the home run derby now I don't know and, it, and that's the easiest thing to say right now as far as the home run derby jinx the home run derby slump and all that stuff. And, you know, people have said it for a while, how um, don't do the home run derby is going to mess up your swing. Don't do the home run derby. You're going to be in a slump. I don't know necessarily if it has to do anything with that because Otani made it only in the first round, you know? So we're talking, what, 20 swings, if that, um, so it wasn't like he was going deep into the home run derby. It wasn't like he was in the finals and was just hacking away for a long period of time. I honestly think it's, it's the rest part. I mean, there was so much hype with him going into that all-star break. Was he going to pitch? Was he going to pitch and hit? Was he going to start? Was he not going to start? Was he going to come out? Of, there was so much going on with Otani, and Otani was kind of like the main guy there. That I truly believe the Otani slump that he's in right now is probably a more so of lack of rest than anything else so that's why I think the Dodgers series um should help him again he only came up to bat three times this whole series once per game first game intentionally walked second game struck out third game walked so it's not like he's getting a bunch of at-bats to work his way out of it I think getting him off his feet for the majority of those games was was great um, now, again, now that we're back in regular AL type of games where he can DH, he's going to pitch and DH hopefully on Thursday. I think now he can start working out of that little slump just because now he's been off his feet for so long. Monday's an off day. Um, but like I said, I, I don't I don't think the, the home run derby had anything really to do with it. Again, maybe participating in it, just the fact that he wasn't able to just rest maybe had something to do with it. But as far as messing up his swing or throwing off his timing or any of that kind of stuff. I don't think that was the case at all. Um, we got this in the chat and then, um, got this one in the question and it's kind of all related. Um, is trout ever coming back? I don't know. That is a great question. Angels are historically tight lipped, have historically not released or leaked anything. Um, as of right now, they say he is going to come back, but when? I don't know. We are already, you know, a week or so into August. You definitely know he's going to have to start running sooner or later before he does any kind of rehab assignment. And you saw that a little bit earlier where he was running. He was progressing. He was taking like a jog around the track. Then he was just running through first. Then he was running the bases, and then maybe run the bases a couple of times. So until that really starts up again, it's kind of impossible to um, put a timeline on when Trout's going to be back or if Trout's going to be back. Um, But like I mentioned, we're like a month and a half away from the season being over, two months away from the season being over. At a certain point, I don't know if him coming back with the last two weeks of the season is going to be worth it. I'm sure he would want to be out there, but I just don't know you know, is, is it going to make it better? Is it going to make it worse? Like, I don't know. I'm not a doctor in that aspect, but you know, I still feel that Trout's going to be some, you know, going to be out for a while just because you need to see him running first before he even gets on a rehab assignment. But yeah, nothing has come out. Nothing that the angels have put out there. And I think that's how they like it. That's what they're, um, uh, that's what they enjoy. Are tickets for Tuesday game good for both? I don't think so. I think they're only good for one game. And if you, bought your tickets originally. I think it's going to be for the Tuesday night game, I th- but I'm not sure how that's going to work. Uh, I haven't seen them put a, a um, like a post or any information about it out there, so I, I'm not sure how that Tuesday game works. I don't know if it's a two-for-one or anything like that. Uh, let's see. Um, the current talent in the minors, who do you think is most likely to be the next Halo shortstop? I don't know. Um, obviously... Uh what was it? Uh Jackson, the shortstop down at I think he's either at high A or low A right now. It's probably like the long term one as far as uh in a couple of years. I don't know if there's a guy that's gonna be um up right away as far as shortstops. Uh I'm you know, for as much talent as the Angels have had in like middle infield type talent, they were all super young and they're still probably a couple years away. Um, I, I, don't, I don't see a halo prospect coming up to play that shortstop position within the next couple of years for sure. So now I don't know if, um, you know, I don't know if they go out and resign Iglesias, Jose Iglesias, or if they go out and go after one of these big guys. Um, but I definitely think you can't really look into the minor leagues right now. I don't think they're ready again. Um, Kyrene Paris, he's like 19 years old, and he just got back from injury. He's at low A. Uh, Jackson, I believe, is at high A, but he's still like only 19 or 20 years old as well. Um, those guys are both guys are a couple years away, maybe at the tail end of next year. But if you're looking for a shortstop to make an impact on the Angels coming through the through the minor leagues, I don't know if they, we have one. I don't know if there's a shortstop right now that's going to be um, ready for for Major League Baseball anytime soon. Um, going back a little bit on our Instagram live, um, Marsh is currently struggling offensively. Although he didn't, ex- uh, we didn't expect him to hit 300, but batting 180 is not cutting it. Should we give him more time at the big leagues or send him down? I think you have to give him time at the big leagues. What do you have to lose? Um, you've seen plays like today, and I always mention it too. He's up for his. His glove. He's up for his defense. He's up for to make plays like today, where he jumps and gets a ball, or he throws out a guy, or, or makes good a good break on the ball. That's why Brandon's up. He's not up to hit three hundred. Everyone knew that his bat was going to take a while to come to come you know um, to come through. Now, if you send him down to Salt Lake, Salt Lake is an absolute hitter's paradise. So you are not really gaining anything from there. It's like like if anyone ever plays. MLB the show if you're you know have it on all-star or whatever and then you're struggling hitting the ball then do you want let me go put it down on rookie it's like it's not really going to help you a whole lot but yeah you, you'll hit more you'll hit better but it's not going to help you And I think that's kind of what it is with Marsh they know he's not the offensive type like Joe is but he's out there for his glove I think they need to give him more time and kind of like I said with Detmers There's no reason to pull him out of the lineup every single day. Like, obviously, if you want to platoon him a little bit more to kind of get his head clear, then that's fine. But at the same time, you send him down to AAA, he's going to mash there, and it doesn't always translate to here just because, again, AAA is a hitter's paradise. Look at the numbers. Look at the pitcher's numbers. I mean, we have you know Austin Warren as a pitcher in AAA, had like a 5 ERA. And obviously, you've seen what he's done here. That's not who he is. The AAA numbers aren't who he is. So I think the same thing with offensively. He can go up or down to AAA, hit three fifty, hit you know four or five home runs in a couple weeks, but that doesn't mean that's who he is. He needs to get the look at here. Marsh uh, Adele Marsh staying primarily, you think? Yeah, I think they're up here for the rest of the year. Upton staying this year for sure. Uh, next year, I don't know if they do a whole pool whole thing where they – cut him and uh, say thank you. I'm not sure about that, but I, I think for this year, he's definitely staying. What happened to Canning? Um, I think he's still on the injured list and in, in Salt Lake to tell you the truth. I have not seen him make a start out there. I haven't really paid too much attention about it though either, but I think he's still on the injured list down there at AAA Salt Lake. We'll see what happens with that. He might be a guy that's competing for a rotation spot next year, but might be an option out of the bullpen if they don't get the guys they want to get um, in the off season for the bullpen. So he still has some kind of value. He's definitely going to have some kind of value for the team, whether it's seventh, eighth, ninth kind of pitcher or someone at the bullpen. You can never have too many starting pitchers available out of the minor leagues. And injuries year after year after year to a lot of different teams prove that. that I can't remember the last time a team, any team in the majors went through a whole season with like seven starters. You need eight, nine, ten starters to come up, even if it's a spot start, but to give you a good start here and there, you definitely need that kind of a depth. Um, I think you're right. trial probably down for the rest of the season. Uh, Ariel, Ariel Vera. I'm not sure. I haven't heard much about him. You know, minor league, minor, minor league is nice. Like it's gun. It's fun to go watch. It's fun to look at the numbers, but you really have to go and look kind of with like a scouting eye almost to see if his stuff will play over. Um, and there's a lot of guys that killed it in the minor leagues that have not killed in the major. So that's kind of like, you know, one of my things about with minor league guys, like, oh, he's gonna be great. He's gonna be great. I'm, I'm not, you know, until I see him for a prolonged stretch, like actually in person, I, I don't, I don't put that kind of out, that kind of stuff out there. Uh, do the angels need a clean house when, uh, when it comes to assessing talent? I don't know. That's hard because now they're assessing talent, but now some of their talents actually, coming up and looking decent Sandoval berea Suarez you know we'll see what happens with uh, Adele and Marsh but Fletcher Walsh um, those guys are all talent you know Austin Warren like those guys are all homegrown um talent that's been that's been you know uh been scouted by the in-house team so you're not gonna hit on every guy like I, I think a lot of fans have a misconception that because you're drafted or because you're this, because of that, you're going to be a hit. No, like in a draft like this year where there's 20 pitchers taken, if you get like four of them that are actually legit Major League players, that's a really good draft. So I think some of the talent have been misses. I think when you look overall at Angel struggles the last handful of years, it's been more so the free agent market, big free agents, and that has nothing to do with – um assessing talent i think that has more to do with already you know wanting to put his fingerprints on everything more than that uh Denver's now we're close to nowhere closer dude give me any vibes he uh we better be careful i i wouldn't go that far Demers is not giving me heaney vibes at all he's 24 years old i am not worried about him at all again his first two starts are against um first place um oakland and defending world series champs LA like I'm I'm good with him he needs to be their story from Colorado would be the perfect for shortstop would but um would be obviously um a lot of money Marsh doesn't have it man people are just negative uh Detmers has made two starts and and one year away from college yeah two years away from one year away from college didn't have a season last year I'm not worried about Detmers at all I'm not worried about Marsh at all everyone loves to overreact until it's funny, everyone loves to overreact about guys not doing well until they, like, hit them up on, like, they retweet something of theirs or they like a post of theirs. Then it's like, oh, Marsha Dale, they like this, or they reposted this, this is cool, blah, blah, blah. And it's just it's so funny how that fucking works out. Um, what's up, Sunday League of the Podcast. Detmer should be a reliever, in my opinion. Maybe that's where he goes in later this year, but I think, obviously, he's going to be a starter, can be a starter, should be a starter um, down the line. We don't need his glove. We need his glove and his bat. Uh, send that for more. We don't need his glove. But, I, again, everyone was complaining about we have outfielders or infielders playing outfields and they can't catch and they can't do this. But now that we actually have outfielders playing outfield and they're playing, making great defensive plays, everyone's so caught up on the offensive side of the ball, which I get it. But guess what? This team isn't going to win even if you send him down. So why, keep him here? why not keep him here and get him at bats? Trout's not walking through that door anytime soon. Walsh might. So guess what? He plays first base. Doesn't mean he's going to take Brandon's spot. That offense is going to be picked up by that. I think people are overreacting. I think people love to overreact. I think people love to be the first one to say, I told you so. And the funny part is, though, you can say all this stuff, and no one's going to hold anyone accountable for it. If Brandon Marsh comes out and has an all-star caliber year in two years or a year or whatever, no one's going to remember about the people that said, "Oh, send him back down, send him this, send him that." It's just funny how uh, people love to do that. Would we uh, plug Mayfield into shortstop next year and save money, or is he not the answer at all? I don't. I think Mayfield's more of a utility guy. I don't think you plug him in there for long term. Um, I don't know. I just don't see how that would work out. Uh, Odell is too sloppy for the league, dude needs some mentoring. <laughs> wow, you are on one. Um, Adele has actually been really good in the outfield. I don't know what your people are talking about. You guys got to watch more games, I guess. Um, what's con- what's Otani's contract going to look like? It's going to be looking like a ton of money, that's for sure. Um, Adele is a great hitter, just needs to improve outfield. He does need to improve outfield, he's not a finished product by any means in the outfield. I, I, I give you that. But Adele, if you watch Adele last year and how uncomfortable and how uncertain he was taking certain routes to certain balls, and then you look at him now, he looks like a completely different player in the outfield. He looks like a guy that has developed, has grown. And again, these guys are all early 20s. These guys have plenty of time. These guys aren't going to be... MVPs coming out of the bat. These guys aren't uh, Acuna. These guys aren't Soto. These guys aren't Tatis Jr. You know, there's only going to be four or five of those at a time in the major leagues. These guys aren't it, but there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, broadcast team needs to change. Gooby Solid. Yeah, well, they they've been making too many damn changes. If you ask me personally, Marshadell, Marshadell, and Marshall trash. Not saying they'll never be good, but they are trash right now. But it doesn't matter right now. The Angels aren't going to the playoffs. So what are you saying? Hinder their development for what? So you can finish in third place and miss a playoff by four games? Like, I don't understand what the point of that is. It doesn't make any sense. Angels, as we stand right now, as I record, are 10 games out of the division and eight games out of the wild card with another series against top teams coming up. This team isn't making the playoffs. So for people that want to send down Marsh or want to send down Joe or want to send down Detmers, like, you're not benefiting anything by that. They're already up. That clock's already started. Might as well get as much as, much as you can. Let them develop as much as you can uh, right now. Yeah, I've been seeing everyone been overreacting for the last 10 years. The team will click eventually. I think you guys have talent and the most fans don't have patience. Yes, most fans don't have patience. You said thing about... You said the same thing about Haney five years ago. You're going to take some accountability. It goes both ways. Yeah, I thought Haney was going to be a better player. That's fine. You know, he he turned out what he, what he, was. he was. He's a number four, number five starter. That's fine. He's still a major cal, cal, major league caliber pitcher. You know, he's not a he's not a a, a guy that's out on the streets. You know, it, was he supposed to be an all everything ace guy? I don't necessarily know that. I thought. Garrett Richards was probably going to be the ace out of that staff. When you look at back then, it was like Richards, Heaney, Skaggs, Santiago for a little bit. Like Out of those guys, like I thought Richards would be like the one. Maybe Skaggs would be a two. Heaney would always, I always thought, would be like a three, four type. So, yeah, Heaney didn't work out for the Angels. Okay, fine. But it doesn't mean every guy that pokes your head through the minor league and comes up here is going to turn in that way. Um, the Angels will figure things out. We have a new manager that knows... The flaws of his team and a good head coach. I think I'm a general manager and manager. Uh, the future looks bright. Um, only person that needs to get sent down is Madden. His batting lineups are trash. Why does Goslin bat? Why is Goslin batting, keep batting third or fourth? It's because you don't have anyone else. Let's be honest. This this lineup does not scare anybody. You take Otani out of this lineup um, like this weekend. Outside of Fletcher, and even Fletcher doesn't really scare you because you know he's not gonna go deep. You can literally um you can literally bring the infield in because a lot of his base hits are those little blooper types and know that he's you know he's not necessarily going to um hit it over your head consistently. Uh, so there's no one in that lineup this weekend that scares you. Stassi a little bit, but again, on a scale of one to ten and like Otani being 10, Stasi's like, what, a 6, 7? So, um, yeah, there's not a lot of people scaring in that lineup with all the injuries and Otani's out. Um, you, like I said, you get Walsh back, you get Otani back because of the DH. Um, maybe you get Trout back at some point. But you look at it, this offensive lineup isn't going to be productive, or at least not as productive as we want it to be. Um, so that's why you give Adele, just, you give Marsh opportunities just to work through some stuff. I mean, obviously... Like I mentioned before, you send them down to AAA, they don't they don't they don't really benefit from that at all. Like I don't understand why people think that's on the same level as Major League Baseball. You want them to get better at the Major League level, you have to let them see Major League Baseball. Um and they, I think they're here to stay. They should be here to stay. You think Upton will turn things around again? It's going to be hard for him, I think, because <sighs> you know the idea of him platooning with Eaton might hurt that a little bit just because he's ha- he is a streaky guy to where he needs a lot of at bats to get in and out of those streaks. I don't know if he's going to get as many consistent at bats right now to get out of it. But again, what's more important, up and getting him out of a streak or developing young guys? And I think what the point of this season is going to be going forward, regardless of what anyone tells you, whether it's, you know, Madden or anyone related to the Angels, like. This season has now turned into we are winning. Uh, We're going to go win. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. To we need to see what we have. We need to see our young guys develop. We need to see our um, pitchers and see what they can do. We need our, you know, outfielders to do, um, to, to develop. Um, Do you think we keep eating? No, I do not. I don't think we keep eating. Um, I mean, I guess they could as a fourth outfielder, but not nearly. not nearly as much as uh, I don't think he's like a need a sign right away. Keep him. I think you can find a lot of guys like an Eaton um, in the free agency market to um, to be the fourth outfielder. I mean, you're going to have a fourth outfielder with Upton if you think about it, because um, it's going into next year. If everything goes right, if everything stays healthy out of spring training, you're going to have Marsh, Adele and Trout, you know, some mixture of that, in the outfield, and then you're gonna have Upton still sitting there. So maybe you, maybe Upton's that fourth outfielder, and you don't need it. Eaton, uh, maybe Eaton doesn't want to go play Triple A baseball or sign a minor league contract. So I don't, I don't, I don't think so. But who knows? Without the major injuries we would have had this year, do you think we we would, com- do you think we would be competing at all for the AL West title? Yeah, I think if this season wasn't, again, injuries happen. You have to expect them, but the devastating ones that have happened to the Angels this year, with Rendon and with um, Trout, that that hurts a ton. Like if if Trout's injury was only for three weeks, or Rendon's injury was only for a month, then you can you can come back from that. But for the length in which they have missed, I think Trout's numbers now up to like seventy percent missed or something like that for the season. Obviously, we know Rendon's not coming back. Walsh is supposed to come back Tuesday. Yeah, I think with the pitching, them figuring out kind of what the pitching staff is right now and looking decent, I think they would have made um, the AOS really competitive. Truthfully, made it really competitive if they stayed healthy. You're seeing kind of a little bit of a turn with the bullpen. You're seeing a little bit of a turn with with the rotation. Um, But yeah, these offensive guys that have been just offensive juggernauts for the Angels, as in like Walsh and Trout. Of course, you put them in the lineup for a full year. You're going to get a lot better offensive production than you know couple couple games here and there where they seem to score ten runs. You're going to get that more consistently throughout the season. So yeah, if 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 they're healthy, if they're I think they're competitive, and I think if they're competitive, they would have bought at the trade deadline, and that could have been a whole different thing. Um, Fowler was playing well too before tearing his ACL. I mean, it was like literally like seven, eight games into the season you know, he had a great beginning of the year. I don't know what that would have turned into. No idea at all. That was so quick. Um, but still no pitching. Pitching's getting better. Pitching's young. I think pitching needs to develop, but you know, we'll see what happens. They need to keep on developing. Let's put it that way. They took a huge step, and I'm talking about Sandoval, Suarez and Berea. Three guys coming into this year that we did not know what to expect from them. They have all three taking steps forward. And I don't know anyone that can argue that. But they just keep need to. they need to keep Taking those steps forward, I think that's the biggest thing. You need to keep taking those steps forward um, in the next year, the year after. So we'll see how that goes. But they are definitely, I think, on the right, right, um, right path. Should Marsh be sent down to AAA to work on his approach to the plate? No, I think his approach to the plate's fine. He is. He walked twice today, so he's seeing the ball well. He, you know, he, he. I honestly think he's pressing too much. I honestly think he got a hit today. I think he walked twice. Um, I honestly think he's pressing a little too much right now. I think that's more of a calm down. You're going to be okay. And maybe he feels the pressure. Like if he doesn't perform, he's going to be sent down. So maybe Madden or someone needs to talk to him and say, Hey, you're here for the long haul. You're here to play. Quit putting so much pressure on yourself. Um, But I I don't, again, going down to triple a triple a is such a hitter's paradise down there that it's hard to hard to justify putting him down there and expecting him to get better against pitchers that aren't anywhere near the major league level. It's like sending them down to, you know, it's like if you're a varsity player, sending them down to go hit against freshmen, like how does that get you any better? If we acquire good pitching during the off season next year, uh, will be our year. Yeah. I think they need maybe two or three pitchers, you know, maybe one in the bullpen, maybe two starters or vice versa. Who are we getting in free agency for 2022? I'm not sure. That's way too soon to happen. Um, again there's big names out there but there's a bunch of big old names so we'll see what happens with that and you know there's always guys there's always surprises when it comes to non-tender guys that happen during the offseason and i think that might be a place where they can look at for relievers guys that might be good might be owed a little bit too much money team gets you know doesn't offer them uh, a contract angels can pick them up we'll see what happens but you know there's so much stuff that there's so much stuff that Is going to happen between now and then that it's hard to tell who's going to be in the free agent class of 2022 Um, options, team options, player options, all that stuff. Madden told Marsh he was, he was for, he was first called up that he wasn't going anywhere for the rest of the season. I, I know he told him that, but again, if you're an athlete like that, it's hard not to think about getting sent back down for after struggling. So maybe Madden needs to tell him again, like because he told him that at the very beginning, Everyone knows it's a business. Moves get made. So if it's still true, they need to reassure him of that. Because it it does definitely look like he's pressing. Today, again, was better. Two walks. So he's seeing the ball well. Base hit. So he's making contact. And again, too, when you look at that uh, Texas series, I mentioned it last podcast, there was two balls in the same game hit hard, where if it was Angel Stadium, it would have been a home run. Now, if Marsh has those two home runs on under his belt, but everything else stays the same, are we still talking about, are we still talking or having this conversation? I don't think so. So again, you have to kind of look at how is he hitting the ball hard? Is he making good contact? Is it just finding guys? I mean, baseball, if anyone's watched baseball for a long period of time or played baseball for a long period of time, you can feel really good, hit the ball really hard and just the way that baseball is, is going to get hit someone's glove. So um, I think, you know, at times that's marsha's issue. He hits the ball hard, but it hits it right at somebody. And, you know, there's no way around it. Um, but I still think you need to have him up here. I think you still need to keep him in uh, in the majors to see that major league caliber of pitching. I don't think sending him to AAA would help at all. Um, but we'll see what happens. I, I, I don't think they're going to do that. I don't think they should do that. Um, you know, but obviously he's always going to be talked about in trades he's going to be one of those fringe guys that and I've said this from the beginning I said this from when I saw him in in Ellen Empire that he's going to be a gold glove caliber outfielder he doesn't need to bat 300 to be an all-around great baseball player the way baseball is now with the average baseball batting average is like 258 or 260 it's not like the world is, is is killing it and he's falling behind. Like If he can average 250, 240, but have gold-glove gold caliber defense, he's going to be just fine. And that's just how baseball is right now. Baseball averages aren't up. Baseball averages aren't soaring over 300. So it's part of the game that it is now. I am not worried about Brandon right now. Again, this is all for next year. They're taking steps for next year. I do not believe the Angels brought up all these young guys right now to compete for a playoff spot. If it happens by coincidence and they get on a little run, great. But if you were a fly on that wall, I don't think that was the purpose of them bringing them up. I think the reason they brought up all these young guys right now, and it's the first time in a long time I remember them actually doing something like this, is to develop. Let them get better for 2022. You don't have have Trout. You're not going to have Rendon. Walsh might come back on Tuesday, and even then – you have these guys that are going to be able to develop and and kind of pick the brain of these guys a little bit more. So I am not worried about the young guys. It is still way too early in these guys' careers. I mean, we're talking about less than a month of Brandon Marsh's MLB career, and people already want to judge what he is or what he isn't. So um, we'll see what happens. He's going to get better. I truly believe that. Same thing with Joe. Same thing with the pitchers. They have taken the step in the right direction now, and I get it. I get why Angel fans don't have faith. I get why Angel fans are so, um, I don't know, snake bitten or something like that. I understand why it's like that or why the perception of that is like that. Um, but you go on Twitter and you just see some of this stuff, and it's like, man, have you even watched more than 10 games this year? I don't know. But um, this season is about development. This season is not about wins and losses. It's about getting guys their at bats, getting pitchers their innings and showing the front office what they have. And hell, maybe showing other front offices what they have for trades. I don't know. That's something that's going to be a real, real big interesting point once the offseason hits. You need to show up. Uh, these guys need to show up and, and play, and play with kind of a carefree attitude, knowing that they're going to be here for a while. So hopefully that kind of comes across a little bit more. But again, without Trout, without Walsh, without Rendon, without Otani, this lineup is not scary no matter who you play. So. Hopefully we get some of those guys back. Hopefully we get um, Trout back soon. Hopefully it's true that we get Walsh back on Tuesday. So this is gonna—I'm gonna wrap up this uh, episode of the All Angels podcast and wrap up this Instagram live. Thank you everyone for jumping on. Again, you can follow us on Instagram and on Twitter with Halo underscore Haven. Um, just look it up. Uh, we are post stuff about the game, you know, stuff outside the game, stuff we find interesting. So, again, look us up at Halo underscore Haven. You can download this podcast anywhere you get podcast: Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, all that stuff. Download, and if you are an Apple user, please write a review. Please subscribe. Uh, really appreciate it. Um, Angel's back for another homestand coming up Tuesday. Hopefully get out to the ballpark at some point during this next week for at least one game. Um, Hopefully see you out there. Come up, say hi. Um, I'm not like most people on Twitter where they hide behind a burner account or a fake picture. You know what I look like. You know who I am. No problem with it. Um, But that's going to wrap it up. I am Down Garcia, and this has been another edition of the All Angels Podcast.